What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Fab, Freddie Fox, America's big brother, and we back with the Saturday Night Sit Down. Everybody, it's your boy Fab, Freddie Fox, America's Big Brother, and we back with a Saturday Night Sit Down. And tonight, I got the pleasure and honor of sitting down with Anton Cottle. What's going on, my man? How are you today, Freddie? I'm blessed. I'm blessed, man. Like I said, man, I woke up this morning, man, so I'm blessed, right? It's always a good day, right? That's what I think, man. <laughs> oh, awesome, awesome. Well, man, thank you so much, man. I'm looking so forward to having this conversation with you because, um, you know, uh, as I said, a couple of weeks ago, I came across a video, and, um, you know, you were sharing a story of your time in the military. Um, and from what it sounds like, I guess you had to do a fire off a mortar, right? Um, uh, yeah, it was basically an anti-tank missile. Um, yeah, the mortars were, they were attached to it, so it's a totally different weapon system. Gotcha. Okay. okay yeah. Okay. Um, still dangerous uh, though. Yeah, no, I, I must believe it. And, and, you know, and, um, yeah, and, and it was really, really just, um, opening, you know, because as you're sharing that story and just seeing how, how it really affected you and, and, and um, you know, and towards the end, as you started talking about how um, how do you try to justify it, right? And you just, mm -hmm. you just don't, you know, because then it just kind of makes it normal. And um, what really got to me is to me personally, like I say, for for one, I am, um, you know, anytime I see somebody who's a veteran or any type of symbolism like that, that I know they say served some time in the military, I don't care what, when it was, you know, mm -hmm. I, I take it a point to myself to go over and say, you know, I, thank you, you know, for what you've mm -hmm. done. You know, and um, and and when you said it to you, you know, you said it just it, it affects you differently, you know, because like you said, we don't know what you really was going on over there. So that's really why I wanted to take you out because I'm, you know, for me, I, I I'm really wanting to be respectful, you know. I mean, maybe out of disrespect mm -hmm. and not knowing, or just out of my ignorance, you know, to offend anybody, you know. So uh, that's one of the reasons I wanted to yeah. talk to you about that, you know. Yeah, but I do know that the offense itself. <clears throat> It's really it really goes about the, the soldiers' protection of that that organization. You know what I mean? That's basically where the the offense within a veteran actually comes from because they do get offended. I've said some things to offend veterans in the past, but when it comes down to it, they they basically if you touch on something that they haven't confronted yet, that's probably that's more likely the thing that's going to get them, that's going to eat at them and bother them. You know, in a sense. Yeah, so no, it's really like, yeah, nothing really offends me nowadays, but I still accept the thing. It really, it's really is just a matter of, you know, not thanking me for who I was attached to rather than what I, what I, you know, learned about myself basically is what it comes to. Thanks for you learning about yourself because you could have turned into a monster, you know, things like that. You know, so, you know, it's like, I'll, I'll take it like that. That's how I take the thing. Um, but, yeah, they're just a big old mafia, <laughs> militarized mafia. That's all they really truly are in the whole scheme of things. Yeah, man, I know it, it, it's kind of sad what's going on. And, and it, it's sad how they you use these people as pawns, right? These kids are coming in mm -hmm. and trying to learn and, you know, promises to go to to. You know, schooling and all this, and even one of my, my one of my cousins, right? He he was actually mm -hmm. a marine, 
And I remember years ago when, um, you know, I was actually thinking about joining, right? And I called him up and I asked him, and I'm like, you know, I'm thinking about joining and stuff. And he said, you know, so why do you want to join? And I told him, I was like, really, man? Because I think I just want to go and maybe like force him to teach me discipline, right? And and, and get the mm. discipline out of it, you know? And he looked at me, he was like, yeah, don't, then don't do it. If that's what you're going for, don't do it, you know? And I never really pressed why or asked anything more than that. I just took his word for it, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. You've been out there and he was actually, um, he was actually, I think it was in Afghanistan or Iraq over there and he was in, in, in a tank and they went over a mine and it blew up and, and, you know, they were sent home, you know? So that's how he he got his, his time out of there. And um, I don't really ask much about it, you know? And, yeah. Because and like you don't know what, what, how what's going to come from. Like I said, I was telling you before, you know, I have a friend of mine who, you know, talks about anything, you know? But when we talk, be like, hey, there's certain things that I'm not going to talk about when it comes to that, you know? And I respect sure. it. I don't know what you've seen. I don't know what you're going through. And, you mm -hmm. know, we got to be respectful, you know. And then there's other times there's other people who, you know, need to talk about that or maybe got to that point like for you. So I guess one of my questions that I, when it comes to that, um, how do how does someone get to that point, right, to be able to confront and deal with that? Is there like something that you think that you come with a pattern or is it just a matter of time or how can someone get from A to B? Right? Definitely a matter of time waiting for the effect, you know what I mean? Um, I've noticed a good pattern for PTSD taking effect probably three to five, three to five years into the calm, like into the reintegration to, you know, getting civilized and all that. About three to five years in, it seems like that's when it really starts to present itself. And um, only way that I could think of people really confronting this stuff is, is not to act out of fear. It seems like it's really all tied into the fear that sneaks in our lives every day. You know what I mean? The little, the intimidations, the little hesitations in life, that there's fear attached to all that. And I, I honestly think the only way to get deep down into it, to confront those things, are to eliminate fear. And I don't mean don't think about fear. I mean freaking eliminate it. Like it's a, it's a damn battle. <laughs> fear is powerful. Fear is very powerful. Yeah, no, yeah. I think it's it's because when you come to fear, like you don't want to succumb to that, right, or let it control you. Like as, as I'm trying to think about fear, is 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 the pros and cons, right? I don't think it's not meant to to stop you, but kind of to keep you safe in a sense, right? You know, your fear keeps yeah. you alert, like kind of you, you know, you once you. Once you have that sense of fear, right? Like your sense of hearing kind of goes up a little bit. You're, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you're, you get kind of more keen and you're, you're more present in those things. So it's more of a defense mm -hmm. mechanism to keep you at alert, right? So, but you have to understand that, right? Like don't react to yeah, it. Yeah, you know, understand what that fear is and use it mm -hmm. to your advantage. Once the senses, once they don't have a filter to filter out things, that's when the madness starts to happen. That's when that takes place because all the senses are picking up heightened forms of the information that's relevant to the, a past situation. And I rely on the eyes. I rely on my vision, you know, visual and non-visual. Like there's, there's, there's two different lenses that people tend to have but don't normally use. Same with the sense of smell. Like if there's, there's happy smells and then there's like smells that signify danger. There's sounds, you know, good sounds that don't, you know, spike any eardrum flapping, 
but then there's crazy sounds that send a high vibration into the, it, it's all like, there's two different lenses for each sense. And so it, it gets real tricky for, for a lot of people, really tricky. But it's about filtering through those senses and like literally picking them up and just looking at everything that comes through. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's a lot to go through. And I know another part that you were saying about that story was, you know, talking about the river there, right? And just mm -hmm. like how all the sins in the world of everything kind of go into this river. And, and I kind of related that to the sense because for me, the, like I, I love thunderstorms. I love heavy rains and things like that. And and to me, I've always like signified it that you know it's it's coming at a time like there's so much negativity in the world, right? Mm -hmm. That it's kind of God's way or the upper beings' way of kind of like washing the world of his sins. You know what I mean? Kind of just like okay. cleansing everything. And then the way you said it, I'm like, man, like once it's being cleansed and then all this water is going to this one place of all that negativity, what you're saying here. So, like, what is it about, like, if you could just tell me a little more, like, what is it seeming there? Like, what type of, like, negativity or what was that presence being there? Well, I mean, we brought a lot of the negativity with us because we were all young. <laughs> so, <clears throat> I, I would say that um, the real, the, the, in, the intensity of the ne the negativity probably took place in Fallujah. Um, you know, Fallujah was fine. Fallujah was was calm. It was nothing wrong with Fallujah. But for some reason, all of us being there, feeling the way we were already at that point, this was before the firefight. You know, and and like, I don't know, man. We just did. We just they didn't like the way that we were. We, they didn't like us being there, and then all of a sudden, when it was time for us to leave Fallujah after doing all sorts of missions, you know, on foot, we left the Marines there, and then that's when Fallujah became known as Fallujah. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, it wasn't always the madhouse that it seemed to be on the news. It wasn't like that until my unit went there. And um, I hope I'm framing the framing the answer right, but but that's probably the biggest form of negativity that I've seen shift everything around it without even really seeing it happen. Um, and, you know, it was they were throwing rocks at us. Um, um, there was a, you know, a, a 50 cal that wanted the turret on the truck. They basically laid, laid out rounds on the entire crowd, you know, and it's like they were just protesting. That's all they were doing. And um, our, our Delta company basically, like, just unloaded stuff. And I wondered, like, why did they – maybe they got some, some policy or some procedure that they're used to that, I mean, you know, just forms of negativity. It is really all over the place. It's, it's really all over speckled, you know, all over it, like pepper. The thing is, it's like that. I guess from the sounds of it, is just you know, a lot of things in like your mission took place over there, and then that's where the mm -hmm. whole like, just negative. You can't associate it with anything positive. You know what I mean? You're just there against Not really. things that you know you didn't want to do. You know, like, mm -hmm. and I know how terrifying, like you said, to to second guess yourself. You know, in the middle of a command, you know, is no joke, right? Like, you know, you yeah. you're like quick on your feet, so that that's. Yeah. You might need that one, two seconds. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, the hesitation, I admit, was messed up. Like, that's why I have a Purple Heart, because I made, I made a couple minor mistakes that costed me a lot. You know, like, I, if I didn't, you know, feel necessary to sleep on the roof, I wouldn't have got blown up by the grenade in my sleep. Stuff like that. You know, 
but to hand somebody a medal for messing up, <laughs> that's made no sense to me. <laughs> it made no sense. It's like, hold on. I did what I wasn't supposed to do because of what, that's what y'all said to do in training. Don't do that. Don't fall asleep in a freaking war zone exposed. I did that, got consequented from it, and was given a medal for it. Let that roll around for 15, 16 years. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's the, it's, it was a dog and pony show. My unit was a little bit different. It was. I mean, and, and, and again, I, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but it's kind of like I'm thinking of this area, like you're seeing like a purple horse, almost like a, a you know, a consolation prize, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like a participation trophy. Like, hey, you were here, you did something. And maybe that's kind of a, another way of kind of getting in your head, right? Like, hey, you know, I, I got an award, man, and I still messed up like I did, you know, to try to continue mm. to stay or, you know, re-enlist or whatever. And, and again, like, I, I didn't serve, and I don't, I don't want to offend anybody. I don't want to be, like, you know, talking nonsense, but just... I thank, you, just, for, you, know, I thank you for not serving. That's, that's what I'm thanking you for. You know, I thank you for that because now, because I mean, I don't know how this conversation would go if you had have joined as well. You know what I mean? So it, it, that's the way I'm looking at it. <laughs> no, awesome, awesome. Well, and again, we'll talk more about that and later on. But you know, it's just the things that that and, and because of those things that I've seen in you, right in that in that story, and and even talking beforehand was just letting me know that, you know, this person has a lot of things that I, that I can see, right, and relate with, you know, and that conscience, you know, like that, like if I put myself in your shoes and thinking about that and I had to make that decision and just not feeling under threat, like I wouldn't, I know I would have second guessed myself, you know, like I, I I wanted to be, I thought it was going to be a doctor and I was like, man, the thought if I were to be a doctor trying to help somebody and I'm trying mm -hmm. to save their life and let's say I don't, right, because it's going to happen, right, I'm not going to save everybody's life. And even just the thought of that was like, oh my God, like even though I'm trying to save them, this person, they died and because of my, my hands, I would be driven to drink. You know what I'm saying? Like, do, do we sit there and, and like, how, I don't know how to live with myself. Like, you can't. Yeah. You actually, you know what, man? And, and, and it just dawned mm -hmm. on me with my dog, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I had him for 11 years and, um, you know, he got okay. really, really sick out of nowhere. And, um, you know, he, he just, I, he got to the point where he wasn't even able to get out of his bed to go to the bathroom, right? And at that point, I was like, you know, I, I got to put him down, you know? And I made that yeah. decision, and it haunts me to this day, man. Like, for months when it happened, I really went into a shutdown. I didn't know how to deal. Like, I felt like I had to be strong in front of my family because I didn't want them to see me breaking down because I didn't want them to break down. And I buried it so deep that I was cleaning pools that summer. And mm -hmm. um, one day I was at one cleaning one pool, and I literally just broke down. I just dropped to my knees, curled up into a ball, and just started crying hysterically. Like, I killed my dog. Like, I took his life. Like, I made that decision. And, you know, and that's, and again, not to, like, again, compare our human life to that, but that was my boy. That was my first son, you know? So no, it's, that, it's definitely uh, comparable. Like, you know, definitely like, comparable. I was, I'm scarred for that. So I can't imagine, like you said, and then the blink about to make a decision, like, hey, this is, it's them or me, you know what I mean? And you don't even know what's going to yeah. happen. And now you have to see, like, hey, I made this decision. Like, I got to live with yes. this. Like, the result is still the result. Like, right. like right. whether it's through compassion or through anger or through or through survival. If that's the end state, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that's yeah. that's a limit that, yeah, that's a limit our human nature. Don't It doesn't really get conditioned 
that to that extent. It's not it's not baseline in society for us to have ex, having experiencing this. Right. And so it's it's it, it gets kooky. Like most people, like they're supposed to be locked up in the cage for doing things like this. And it's like that was another thing that I really had to pick apart because it was like, if you know, felt like I got away with something. You know what I mean? So it was like, you know, and I mentioned I mentioned all sorts of things over the years. I talked to myself over it, but really it was just like, feels like I just did something wrong and never got penalized for it. And that that was probably the main, huh? Well, I think the worst part about it is that you say you think about like, oh, you didn't get penalized for it. But mm -hmm. what I would think is actually you did, right? You got to live with it. The worst part about it is you're in your own head creating your own consequences, right? Like we are our own worst enemies. And mm -hmm. I think that's I think that that's the 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 harder part to that is like some people are able to in their minds disassociate that or like like you know, and in the Spanish term we say like, you know, then it's not gonna free it. Have cold blood, be cold blooded, right? Like just you are not bad an eye, you know, and then there's other us like you said, like yourself, you know, and many others is that you kind of constantly relive that you torture yourself with it every day. You relive that and you got to face that in your, you know, and and there's nobody who can help you with your own inside your own head. You know what I mean? Like, you're no, 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 it's, it's I, I, I think most of the things I think about just as my thoughts passing by, some of those things will give people nightmares. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's like, the view that I had on the dark part of the world, like the view that I had was, it just felt front and center. You know what I mean? Like if I hadn't turned around and seen people behind me in any situation, metaphoric or not, you know, I wouldn't know I was there with anybody. You know what I mean? Because it was like so front and center. It had my it had my focus just as much as it had my focus on here, like on, on, on this call. So it, it's like, the more we ignore things, the more we ignore the fact that we physically did do something like this, every reason to tell us that, that we shouldn't feel bad about it will actually cause us to feel bad. Right. It gets stuffed away in this little shadow box inside of our subconscious and builds until there's no lid anymore. And then it just pops. Yeah, and I think that's that's what happened to me too. Like you know, I tried to go through it and 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 justify it as much, and kind of like ignore the fact and not really deal with what actually just happened, right? Like it's mm -hmm. thinking to myself like, oh, you know, I, I I made the right choice, right? Like he wasn't gonna be able to do that, but then part of it is just like, man, like the the the, the medical cost of having a, whatever surgeries or whatever needs to, you know, and now. Mm -hmm. I was, my son was about to be born, my wife was pregnant, about to give, it was crazy because my my we put him down, right? And then mm -hmm. a week later, my wife gave birth to my son, mm -hmm. you know? So that was even a harder transition too, because my dog was my first one, because I got him and I didn't, well, at a point where I didn't even think I could have kids, right? Like I was one of those, I'm mm -hmm. I have a dog, this is my son. And I treated him as such. I didn't put him on a leash, nothing like that. Like he, he swore he was a human person, like getting in the world, you yeah. know, that's how much of my boy he was. So mm -hmm. then, you know, it was kind of a weird transition to lose him and then to gain my son, you know, it was a really hard pill for me to swallow. It was just a very, very difficult time. And as I said, that was just one instance, right? Like, I can't imagine, you know. Yeah. Like that. And that's why like I said, while we connect and I can see that. So, you know, like I said, mm -hmm. part of my show is I want to sit down with different men, right, who have, you know, great characteristics and qualities that I see in myself that I want to 
pass on to the younger generation, the other kids, right? As we know in our community, you know, a lot of our kids grow up without a father or without great, yeah. you know, positive male role models or people who've been through things that can teach them the right way, right? Yeah. And I saw oh, yeah. a lot of great qualities in you just in that little clip, but I wanted to sit down and talk to you. So, you know, for starters, for you, like I always ask everyone else, you know, for you, what do you think some of the main qualities or characteristics it takes to be a good person or a good man? Um, we'll start with the person. Um, we'll go male, female, you know, like, like the, the whole of a human. Um, I think that person would have to be, they would have to find a, an, an inner balance with, uh, the power they wield and the love that they feel. There has to be an awareness to that. Um, because when we act out of love, we, we, we say that love is power, but in, it, it just in reality, when, when love is shown, technically it looks different throughout the entire world. It, love looks different. It looks like a lot of different things. Yes. So it can't be a power. It, it's, it's something in itself. Power is power. You know what I mean? Power, the, the, the desire, the passion, the ambition side of things, you know, not so much nurturing and empathy and compassion, but when they, when they lie in an individual on one, on only one part, there's always going to be an imbalance. It's like people cannot be too loving or too powerful in itself. It has to be both. It has to be that, that powerful form. I think it's expression because I don't, I never used to talk. You know, I had a talking problem when I just coming up. I think I just learned how to talk like five, six years ago, virtually. And, you know, for me, I feel like I can get that across through verbal expression. I can balance the love part and the power part, the, you know, the understanding and the ambition. You know, I can, I can see those two halves working at the same time. So as far as the human goes, there has to be a balance of the heart and we'll, we'll, we'll call it the, the, the body. You know what I mean? Like this, there's this counterbalance between what's inside and what's outside that a human is baseline better off being. Now, as far as a good man goes, obviously the society is masculine. Um, that male energy, it's even in women, they, they carry this, this power that, does, that doesn't allow them to see the love side. So now it's like crisscrossing between, is it love or power or male or female? But they're a male, they're going to act like a male. But no, they can act like a male all they want. But if that, that male energy isn't showing up in a loving format, I wish I can truly put it in plain, simple English, but it's, it's, the love has to come out at the same time. That's what the American society is lacking. I think and what you're saying is like the yin and yang of everything, right? Like, you know, I mean... The, you, that, I'm trying to simplify that. Yeah, you know, mm -hmm. with, with, within yourself, like, you meet a partner, right, and you can't, you have to 
maintain yourself, right? And, and, and keep yourself whole because that's why they fell in love with you, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. I love my wife because of her independence. That's how strong she is. If she mm-hmm. were to lose that independence, you know, then it's just mm-hmm. like, I don't want you to change. I want you to stay there. I want you to keep that part of you, right? Don't change because of me, but let's right. grow together and still love. Right. And, you know, and then that's where, like, I think you're getting it. Like, you're finding that balance of, of you know, mm-hmm. the, the power and the love and, and, and that within the relationships, right? Yep. And then having that dependency rely on one or the other, love or power, like, it's like, it can't work. You can't say, I'm going to love this person because I feel whole. Or I, I love, I'm going to, you know, stay with this person because they make me feel powerful. There's, there's, there's somewhere in between some counterbalance that's supposed to take, take effect. And the lack of self-awareness is actually what's stopping. It's stopping people, humans, male and female, from seeing how they work, how the inside of themselves work. There, it's a whole other world on the inside. I wish everybody would truly be in it. Yeah, because that's yeah. that's where the answers are. It, it was a lot. I used to always like, I, and I said this like recently, right? Like the last six years, like when I when I lost my job and everything, and I was I'm married, I have my kids, and and you know mm-hmm. my friends and everything. Like your, your childhood friends, everybody's kind of going off and doing their own thing, right? So mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I was realizing, man, I'm. I'm I'm on my own, right? I got to figure out how to do for my family. I got to figure out how to do, you know, for myself and all these things. And it really forced me to look at myself because, like I said, you know, many, many times, like growing up, I I, I tried to adapt to everybody else, right? To try to fit in and do those things and, you know, to be in that circle, right? Because I always felt yeah. like out of place. And then now that I'm grown, like a lot of times I was sitting here, I'm like, yo, am I doing this because I really like it? Or did I really convince myself to like this behavior, you know, and mm-hmm. really need to have that? And I always said, like, one of my quotes, I said to all my friends, I'm like, listen, man, my mind is a very, very scary place, man. Even I don't want to be there sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, you just need mm-hmm. to escape. But you need to, like you said, really find that self-awareness and be whole with yourself. Because once you really accept who you are and you understand what makes you tick and how you work, Life is a lot more liberating, a lot easier to go through. Yeah, it's a lot easier to to see it for what it is. Um, and honestly, sometimes to me, it, it it does. It looks like, you know, it looks like there's a lot of men that are walking around in the dark, almost just dunk bumping in the walls, just not really seeing the things that they're progressing on as it's coming. You know, it's like. Sometimes, I mean, maybe maybe just because Las Vegas is such a weird city, um, but I don't even know if man if there's a such thing as manhood anymore. Um, at one point, there was a certain idea behind being a man, but it seems like everybody has a problem with it. And so, I, it, there's something going on with manhood. I just can't. I'm not really aware of that world like that because um, I kind of took it as a whole. Like I had to understand both sides of it for me. So it's like, I, I just kind of skipped over that part. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, I got a few manly jobs, but really nothing too diverse about how to be a man as a man who never had a dad. You know what I mean? So, um, it's like what you're saying too, because like you said with, 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 with the women, right. Be having that masculinity. And I think it comes to that because, and we see it time and time again, right? Guys who, 
and part of this, I want to understand guys to know that if you want to be a dad, right, you become a, you're doing the actions to do that stuff, you're going to be a father, right? Like, it, it, it's, and you got to be there, right? Like, it's not a matter, it's not a game, it's not a joke, man. Like, this is somebody's life mm-hmm. involved, right? So, what happens is these guys get up and maybe they just walk away, right? Or they get locked up because they're living in these gang lines or get killed or, you know, whatever mm-hmm. reason, and they're not present, right? What mm-hmm. happens is that a lot of these women have to play that role, right? These moms have to now put on these pants, right? And they're mm-hmm. raising young ladies too. And these young ladies, they don't see a man in their house bringing the bills or paying this or getting things done or, you know what I mean? None of that. They see a woman doing it, right? They see their mom, yes. you know? So then it becomes that battle of, you know, when you're in a relationship with somebody of, of the, the opposite, the other gender stuff, there's, like we said, there's yin and yang, right? Like you got to have that balance. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't have the same energy, you know, controlling a relationship is not going to work because we're constantly pushing right. each other away, right? Yep, so we that have to find yeah. that balance, you know what I mean? That that yin and yang within us, you know what I mean? Like it, Me and my wife, like I say, too, what I love about it, we are total opposites, right? But we work, right? Because we want to work and we, we find that love and we understand each other and we try to do that. But I think that goes back to like you're saying, like where the, the, the I guess, the, the, the trace of masculinity being in the women or, or seeing that because mm-hmm. again, too, even if you are a single mom raising a young man, then again, mm-hmm. growing up as a little young boy, seeing your mom bringing in the bill, bringing in the bacon, some of these men out there <laughs> yeah, yeah. and holding her, you know what I mean? Like, and then doing all these yeah, things yeah. that I guess traditionally a man would do, right? Or, or the guy that or the mm-hmm. guy would be if he's present in the home, right? So, right, right. I think that's where it calls all signs of that. And, and you're saying, um, you know, what we said, those traits and characters is coming up, but also I think, you know, with being a good person or a good man is it's having key morals or things that we, we live by, right? So, yeah, you, what are exactly. some of your morals that you abide by on a day-to-day basis? Oh, shoot. Morals? Um, I don't know. It seems like I develop morals as I encounter things in life because um, I kind of wiped all the old ones away and started from scratch. And so um, I would say the one that recurs the most is how do I feel about this, whatever this thing is? You know, like if I wake up, I'm, I'm grateful that my head finally, it finally came off the bed. Now for the next day, I cannot worry about not waking up. You know what I mean? It's like, how am I feeling? Well, I'm feeling great about that. You know, I go to, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's a matter of, of constantly checking in with, ourselves. I went to massage school. That's the only way I would have known how to actually dance in and out like that. Because it was something it was something about war and pain and suffering that pushed me to pretty much, you know, resist that and gravitate more towards, you know, life and creating and health and healing. And so with that, that, that's pretty much my dark and light, my yin and yang, because ultimately it's those parts, those two parts of life, when they came together, made the most sense. More sense in family, more sense in whatever systems that are out there. It just made sense when I took my pain and my, my, um, my life, you know, and put it together. So you know, it's, it's, there's, there's inner work to be done. And it, and the way that I visualize it is the, like you say, you create your own reality. It's, it's, I'm causing this playing field to be workable by just by thinking. 
it's just a matter of fact of, of having the conviction, let's call it discipline, to call self-awareness immoral. That's what I do. It's the way that I live. It's the way that I think life should be for every individual because if a person is unhappy as I used to be and feel happy now, self-awareness does something. You know what I mean? I'm breaking it here right now. Yeah. No. Self-awareness does something. You know what is crazy? Like I went to, and how you breaking that teenager group? Like I gotta go back. I think if you, if you go on my page and go to like my YouTube channel and just go like to my older videos, it was my very okay. Like, when I had like this realization of like I think ultimate self was like yo, like everything just felt so clear. It was like a light switch just went off, and I don't know what it was, but I'm like yo, like I. And that's when I started my podcast. Like, I have a vision. Like, I know what I need to do. Like, I just feel like so, like, I thought, you know, because I spent so long, right, trying to figure out my purpose, right, or trying to figure myself out of what mm-hmm. I need to do. And when I finally found myself, right, and, like, who I'm and being comfortable in my own skin. And, and, and for me, I think uh, my, my ultimate thing was having my family, right, my wife and my kids, because I always wanted that unconditional love, right? So now I have my mm-hmm. wife and my kids who love me unconditionally. I can be and do whatever and who I want to be. And I know I got three people, right, in my meat lives that love me to death. And I don't need nothing yeah, else. Yeah. So I'm comfortable being myself. I'm comfortable going out being me. I'm comfortable doing the things that make me happy and doing that because I know I got people who are going to love me regardless, right? Yep. You know, so so that that is that is so important to me in that aspect now when we when you said morals right and and the Mm -hmm. thing that stood out to me like you said you know i wiped out my old morals to create new ones like what was it that triggered you to do that right and how were you able to do that to be like yo i need to abandon these morals and move forward and not really use those to, to to dictate your life anymore yeah because i went against so many of them that's basically, there's a lot of things like, in a biblical sense, you know, the Ten Commandments were shot. All of them had holes in it. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't even abide my life by something that was in stone as much as the Bible was because I had done all of that wrong already. Like, I'm, like, I'm not even 21 years old at this point. <laughs> and... So it's like it was a good, it just seemed like a good time to uh wipe it out and um start over again with the person that I wanted to be or thought I can be better in some way like it it just it was a matter of being able to move forward and accept that you might have been taught something that's not going to work anymore you know it's human conditioning is pretty interesting it really is um, we 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 get programmed to think the program. It's just you know it's, if we're thinking it, how much of our body is going to act it out before it looks like it's going against it. And so you know it's there's a moral that you're not supposed to steal from anybody, but you know in a sense, if those three people that stand stand in your corner that love you so freaking much are depending on you. I don't care what anybody says. They're going to do everything wrong to make to put food on the table. They're going to, I mean, it's, they'd be stupid not to. You know what I mean? But I guess self-awareness going into that, knowing without going into it blindly, letting it suck you in and turn you into something else, it's, it's we have to keep eyes on ourselves. 
it's, it's the inside eye, you know, call it the third eye, we can call it God's eye, we can call it so many things, but in a sense, we always have to be looking at what reflects us, rather than seeing how things reflect onto us. You know how people see themselves in physical objects, like they're like, oh, I only get Gucci pants and all that. Like, I only wear certain brands, you know what I mean? It's like they've identified with that. Right. If they can't make that object identify with them, then it's expendable. You know what I mean? And that's that's one of the morals that I, I like to I call it a moral because it's actually changing how the object is affecting the human rather than, you know, yeah, basically that. The object doesn't, it doesn't have the control over the human anymore. Certain objects cause people to do things because of how they're seen. And because of how they're seen, the moral starts to conflict because now they're acting through an object rather than that conditioning of having a good moral. Being a person that's neither, I'm pretty much left in the middle with nothing. I don't know about you seeing these things in the news, right? Like, and these, these kids, yeah. that's not the reason why I'm bringing it up. These kids killing each other, right? Like, this young 17 year old kid got robbed and killed for like a what name dropping or something that. And it goes to like what you're saying, right? Their moral of like nobody disrespecting my name is so mm-hmm. huge, right? That they're willing to go out and kill somebody for that, right? Like, that moral of them yeah. is skewed yeah. because of their attachment to whatever that object is, right? Like, you were saying, exactly. right? like, now, yep. now, I, this question for you, right? And forgive me for probably like growing up and stuff, were you heavy into the church or really into the religious, like with the family? And like, I mean, my grandma was in, my grandma was basically the source of religious understanding. But through a, through a song, like she sang, she was in the choir. And um, I would really only go with her, you know, to see her sing and to go to Old Country Buffet afterwards. That's really the only reason. I, I mean, I've read the Bible, um, you know, cover to cover twice in my life. Um, one of the times I was in jail. But, um, yeah, it's there. It's there. And if it, and if it stopped being there at any point, it, it, was always, it was always the reference point for me. And honestly, I, I mean... I'm not religious by any means. Like, I don't go to church. I don't praise the Lord. I don't do those things. I guess I communicate in a different sense um, from whatever's, whatever he left inside of me, if you know what I'm saying. I totally relate to you, bro. Like, I, I'm, I'm one that I do believe in a higher power, right? Like, you know, yeah, I, like, I believe that there's a God, or I believe there's something out there. But I've always, I, I've always had a problem going to like a church right and having the mm-hmm. pastor or somebody tell me the do's and the don'ts and stuff but always tell me that i can talk to god whenever i want to so in my mind I'm yeah. like, why do i need you why don't i just tell you my problems and you my sins and open up to you invulnerable and come to you let me talk to god right and then part of me like i yeah. said to myself like i have a, a very a, a very strong connection with my ancestors i feel like you know the people who are my family that passed away 
they leave me signs and clues and I feel like I connect with them. Like I think so I said about something, you know, God is busy handling a lot of bigger things. So we have our guardian mm-hmm. angels, our, our ancestors who look after us and and, and mm-hmm. guide us along those ways and stuff. So I, I relate to that. And the reason I asked you about the church thing, right, is because it is, like, as you mentioned, like you said, you know, when you're 21 and, you know, you've broken all the Ten Commandments. So for you, it was like, all right, let me just reset and then start something new, right, create new morals to help me. Um, get to wherever, right? Or, you know what I mean? Like, or really mm-hmm. create this positive trajectory for myself. Because I'm thinking mm-hmm. of myself, someone who may be really like a, you know, diehard religious person, you know, feeling they both take commandments, then they feel like, then I got no way back. What's the point, you know? And just completely right. Up, right. right? So, right. That's they normally I mean. would. Right. You know, yeah, they right. would. They, they would. would. They move. Yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah. There's a lot of giving up I'm noticing with, with, these types of situations, like at least comparable to mine, you know what I mean? Like just in being in that system. Um, it, yeah, this I've noticed a lot of giving up. Um, my platoon completely wrote me off because I wanted to tell the truth. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I felt the people we were supposed to be defending in the first place, they had to at least know about because I feel like all that COVID stuff, like all the fear, pushing the fear out, the media stuff, like all that seemed to centralize around, you know, Y2K. It's, it seemed to start there. It's not Desert Storm. You know what I mean? So there was something about this war in this area of the world that was stringing down feelings for, for the entire world, for the society. And, you know, I, I still think there's 9-11, like like energy you know what i mean like it's still that i remember the way people felt when it was happening and it's and it looks the same it looked the same when they said so was brought up the covid thing immediately i was just all like they're pulling some bull crap you know like immediately because i've seen people respond like that before i was 16 years old and, and uh yeah it was december 2000 and i was in church didn't even know why. Um, you know, I wasn't there with my grandma, so it was like I didn't have any reason to be in church, but I, I was brought into church when this whole 2001 switchover happened. There was something with that because I saw people's faith, and they, they, it almost looked like there was a monster standing in front of everybody that I, that I couldn't see. There, there, was, there was something, and it just trickled down because one person's experience being translated to their kids, it just keeps happening. So it's like everybody's passing down fear, just like genetics. And so then you got nowadays these kids out there protesting, like screaming about something they have no clue about. They, they might have moral ground, but it's not there. <laughs> it's, not, it's not their moral ground. You know what I mean? Like you can't have a bunch of, 20, 30-year-old protesting for veteran equality, if not one of them has, has joined, you know what I mean, or, or, or really experienced. I mean, it's, the, the experience is so powerful. And if, if a person can experience any of what another person is saying, that's, that's, that's a bonus. But it's so hard for people to get out of their insecurities in order to see another person in any sort of same light. It takes so much. <laughs> and, and, and you know what? That's what I love. I, I, I think I'm, I'm 
I'm blessed with that gift, right? Like, I just love to talk to yeah. people. Like, I'm an open platform. Like, hey, man, like, I just want to hear your story. Mm -hmm. Like, just be open and no judgment, you know what I mean? Just to just to be that freedom, right? Because I think that's, yeah. well, at the end of the day, where people have, I've always grown and loving people, right? Like, I think everybody's unique and everybody has a different story to share. Um, mm -hmm. you know, and I think like, like you were saying about what everything else, right? It go like, the, it boils around fear, right? People, fear is a powerful, very, very powerful tool that we we're talking about, right? So you need yeah. to understand how to, again, use it to your advantage, to stay alert, Bingo. Be vigilant, yep, you know, right. and not to, to be, not to react, right? You know what I'm saying? But mm -hmm. use your fear to be proactive, right? You know, yeah. right? Like, and be able to make wise moves. Um, mm -hmm. and, and in those senses, so um, you know, it, it, it comes back to that. And then, like, we're, you know, as you're saying a lot about the time in the military and stuff, and, and, and part of, it, like I said, like you know, where we get our, our mentorships and our leaders, and you know, mentioning back to our dad. So, and I think you might have mentioned, like you said, that you don't think you grew up with your dad, right? Is it, it was that did I catch that right? Or yeah, I didn't. I didn't. He was pretty much in jail. <laughs> I mean, that's the, that's the story growing up, and honestly, that's the story now. So um, I think he had a couple heart attacks while he was in. So pretty much prison prison is his is his uh, god. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I and that's that's not my god. Yeah, that's not my god at all. <laughs> so uh, well, we're going to say seeing that relationship right with your dad and, and having that experience with him. What do you think that taught you in your journey and in growing up and becoming a man and becoming a person you are today? That as a man that as a man, I'm going to have to be there for the people I care about in a lot of impactful ways. Like, it was almost like I was putting this burden of being there for the people I care about. Um, there really ain't many, you know what I mean? It's not like I have a whole family that I share my heart with. That's far from it. You know, I have two friends, and, you know, their families are their families, but... You know, my love starts with them, and um, because they're like me. <laughs> you know, they're like me. So it's it's and and like I said, the moral thing, the starting over. It's it's just that. It's like the people are sometimes people are the bearer of these morals. Like they hold the notebook that makes sure the conditioning gets thrown down, that gets followed down. You know, there's certain people that uphold it. For me, it's self-awareness. I want to be the self-awareness guy more than Gary freaking V because I understand it. He's catching on to it, and he's a lot older than me. You know, there's something with self-awareness. I swear to you, not if you can dig in self-awareness as much as possible for for yourself, for anything, for anybody. I I I, I can't I can't stress it more. You know what I mean? All literally the self-awareness brings every answer that could ever come up within a person, within a person's body, soul, mind, whatever. Um, I just don't, I just, I wish people would have a switch. I have, I, I learned how to use the switch. You know, I could turn it on and off whenever I want. Um, you know, I don't have to meditate anymore to do it. You know, I can go out for a walk and completely shut down as if society's not broken. And actually be smiley about life. You know what I mean? Looking at a freaking tree dying on in the desert. I can smile about it because I can relate to it. You know? So it's it's um it's it gets it goes deep. It goes so deep. When's your birthday, Jeff? 
Well, my, my birthday is June 6th. Okay. So you kind of understand the flow that the, what I'm talking about. You know, like, I'm going to call you out to your people because, because I know Geminis are conversative. They, they love to conversate. But at the same time, there is always going to be that struggle between what people see you as and how you see you as. It's, it's your job to bring both halves of yourself together to face each other. Because it's, it's so hard to be one and not the other. If you're one and not the, if you're one and not the other, your behavior is going to look weird because there's something good from this behavior that needs to, you know, integrate with this behavior. So it's like you got to be all of yourself at once. Yeah, that sound good. Yeah, like I said, yeah, you are, you are actually actually very right on that one. You know, I mean, for me, I <laughs> say, you know, um, there are people who I, I gave you a little story, right? Which is so funny. Mm -hmm. Um, I was I was well, I'm at this job. I was working late nights, right? And one of my uh, my uh, my supervisor, one of my reps, was going to give me a ride home, right? And uh, mm -hmm. you know, so I was like, oh, listen, I'm gonna let's go to this place in the hood. Like it's this banging steak and cheese spot. Let's go pick up some food. It's on me, you know what I mean? Like, and we'll go home. So we right. go there, right? And I, and I get into the place and I order the food. I ask him what he wants. He tells me, so I was like, right, I got something to go order. So I go over and I order his food. And I turn around and he's like completely like like in shock. And I'm like, yo, what happened? He's like, yo, you mad ghetto. Like, I don't like, what is this side of you? Like, at work? Like, I'm like, listen, because I know, like, I know where it is I be at work. I know how to adapt certain things. And I know certain characteristics. Like I said, like when I'm with like, a certain like, group of my friends, I'm a whole different myself. Like I'm completely liberated, right? Because I know that I'm not. You know what I'm saying like I'm in, I'm in my safe space. I could say, right? Mm -hmm. And there's other places where, like my wife, like I said, like there's my wife has never really seen me like completely lose it, like my friends have. You know, what I mean, it gets that because I want to shield because I know my anger. I don't want you to see me that side of me. You know, <laughs> you can access it too. Yeah. Yeah, but I can. You know, and then there's moments where oh. I can, you know, go in and out in these these different roles. I think that that part of it comes with. Um, like I said, you know, learning to adapt growing up, you know, and trying to fit in all these situations, learning how to adjust that character. And that's like, you know what, like I, I've, I've come to accept that part of me, right? Like I'm, I'm not going to like, fight it anymore. Like deny, like, yes, I'm, I'm good at adapting. I'm good at, you know, going in and out and, and changing my persona if I have to, to fit my mm -hmm. needs of where I am, you know? On the outside. Right, and, and I mean, and right, right. That's the thing. Like, it's, it's, it's although, like, like you said, on the outside, like I would see, and, and and you know, as you know, what this group of people wants to see, but my message is still mm -hmm. the same. I just know how to deliver my message and adapt it to this group because I've adapted and I've infiltrated. I've infiltrated you, right? I've understand how you work, yeah. how you tick, so I know how to say, do, and act to get what I want across. Right. Yeah. It was. It was. I mean, I'm a Scorpio. My my birthday is November fifteenth. It was tricky, but I honestly I learned that from a Gemini. I learned how to actually keep the inside the same, even though the outside is morphing. You know what I mean? Because I I do have the same type of adaptability, you know, and through nature, through you know, through the nature. And um, yeah, it's it's it gets pretty interesting when it doesn't change anymore. That's one thing about like it's. This conversation would probably happen with uh, a crackhead on the street if I felt the need to stop the talk. Like, I would find a way to make this the conversation and force them to adapt. For some reason, 
when I learned how to express myself, it was like the words started to move things and sway them to pay attention. And it was, and I, I just kind of focused on keeping that somewhat English, you know, because <laughs> I'll go there. I'll go out there. I'll speak so many different languages that I really just being saying the same thing. It would just come out in like, you know, 10 different, you know, kingdoms of thought. It's strange. It's strange. I've mastered what's called, uh, everybody knows the golden rule, right? They say that, oh, treat mm -hmm. people how you want to be treated. And I'm like, mm -hmm. no, no. You have to use the mm -hmm. platinum rule. Treat people how they want to be treated. Right? right. So if right. you understand right. how somebody likes to do certain things, how they want to be treated, then you know how to implant your your thoughts or your opinions or you know what I mean like or get your message across so that it's understood on that on that behalf. Right. And it does take a lot of skill in it and and and, and, and learning and you have to be number one, like you said, I think very, very self aware, right? Because you have to understand, you know, what you're asking. You have to really be cautious of your moves. If you're not self aware, then you're making mistakes. Right. Yeah, you're missing you stuff. Have to be yep. completely open minded, right? And able to receive things at a blank slate, right? Because then you can't be reactive or, or you know, certain things. Like if they say something that may be against your morals, you have to be able to know how to disguise them. Like, oh, all right, and, and go with the flow, not to give away yeah. anything, but then still yeah. be able to turn it around, right? Like, so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, like I said, if people do that, yes, I, I am that. And, I, and I, that's the part of that I said, too. Like, I've struggled with finding myself. And when I learn to do that, like, I can be me in any situation. Um by changing the skin, right? The avatar on the outside, but still being yeah. there, right? And, and, and being happy with that. Oh, yeah. so, you know, uh, so that, that's dead on how, how you were able to break that down with the sign. So uh, that's pretty good. Yeah, right yeah. Now. Um, now, now, going into that by saying, like, I know that you, your dad wasn't around, right, for you growing up. And, 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 and now, did that play any decision in you wanting to enlist into the, to the military? Or what was, your, what was your driving force to get involved or, you know, join? I mean, it was already a perk. Like it wasn't like like living up to dad. There was there was none of that because I was already signed up by the time I was sixteen, and you know waiting to go. You know, I graduated when I was seventeen. So it's like because I pretty much already surpassed him so early in life, it just never it just never struck me as a need or you know. There, there's there's nothing missing from it, you know. Honestly, it's it's more the line of it's no reason to turn back. <laughs> That's what it's gotten to, you know. It's, it's he's he's gone. He's probably been gone longer than I even think. Mm -hmm. But as long as I only have the memory of him grabbing my mom and throwing her against the wall, as long as I have that memory, I don't think that there, there's none of that. I'm pretty much the end the end of the line. You know, for for genetics with that one. <laughs> so you're saying, like, what was it more like? Just trying to continue to be better. Well, you thought like joining the military would make you a better man than he was, or or continue to surpass. Oh, I, yeah, yeah, I think it. I think it happened at least the society's um, perception. Like, you know, yeah, basically, is is. I mean, it was. I was. I didn't go to jail. You know, granted, I went to a more systematic freedom, but. Nobody, you, you know, nobody wants to go to jail. So it's like he went to jail. I didn't. 
I'm better than him. <laughs> I did exactly what I was supposed to do as the next generation. <laughs> so was it like that? Like, as I guess just, just joining was your way of preventing yourself from going to jail? Do you think, like, if you would have stayed around? Oh, no. Around, Not for me, at least. No, it happened. It happened. It was a lot of people's reasoning. Um, almost too many people's reasoning. But, no, for me, it was really to tell my mom she couldn't control me. Um, it was really the, the it backfired because she had to sign the paper because I was 17. So, you know, it was kind of weird. It was like, no, she it's still under her control, even though I'm still rebelling in that way. <laughs> so it backfired a little bit, you know. <laughs> and I'm clear on it, you know. <laughs> I guess you were in, like I said, very early age, right? 17, you were in, she started when you were in enlisting. Um, how long were you there for? Um, in the Army? Yeah. Four years. Um, four whole years. I got a general discharge because um, basically I got my tongue pierced. <laughs> my, grandma, my grandma died in 2004, um, March. And we basically got back that January. I, I, had, I, was, I was home. I was alive. And, like, I was, I was, like, I was done. You know what I mean? I'm, like, I'm not going back over there. There's nothing y'all can say to make me do it. And two months later, um, I was set to get out in 05. But two months after I got, we got back in 04, she died. And then I just didn't give a shit anymore. Um, my first sergeant tried to tell me that I couldn't go see my grandmother when the Red Cross nurses came through. He tried to tell me I couldn't visit her as she'd lie in the hospital as a vegetable. I gave the first sergeant the finger, um, walked out, and gave them hell that whole last year. I, they, we were supposed to stay within a 50-mile radius of Fort Bragg. Screw that. I'm going to Ohio. Screw that. I'm going to Florida. I'm going. I'm leaving. You know, like, it was, it was, it was four years, and then that last year was like, I did not give a crap about anything they had to say. And, um, because I did what I was supposed to do, and I'm still standing. <laughs> you know, I was already... I love having these conversations because I, I mean I can tie it down and, and relate to so many different things, right? And seeing the, the cases as you're saying, like with your grandmother, with me, I was working for this company, right? You know, and I'm doing my time, I'm moving up the ladder, doing everything I need to do and stuff. And um, you know, my my grandmother passed away, and um, you know, I go to my supervisor and my manager. I'm like, hey, listen, you know, my grandmother just passed away. Like, she's she's out in Puerto Rico. Like, I'm I'm I'm, I'm trying to figure this out because you're going over there for everything. Like. You know, what do I do? You know, and they're like, well, yeah. you know, you, you don't have any more time left. All right. So, mm -hmm. I mean, we can't tell you what you can or can't do, but if you don't have any time, you know that you could be written up for using, not using your time. I'm like, I don't give a fuck about time right now. My grandmother just passed no, away. No, no. You? Like, so, <laughs> like, like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it was just that such, like, dehumanization of it you know what i mean in this corporate world and all and it's just like where is the heart like where is yeah you know the compassion of, of somebody here you know i'm busting my ass for the company right doing my do's and don'ts it's not like i got another grandma that's gonna die tomorrow like it's my only one mm -hmm. you know there's no me no. getting a do-over at this yeah you know, that's what i'm saying like the power 
like, and they have, like, they have this power to make these decisions, but yet there's no love behind it for them to empathize with. Jeez, that's, that's the balance I'm talking about. Now, if they were balanced in love and power as a leadership figure, then they would use that to help you to close out this whole thing. You know what I mean? Like, to help you get through the loss. They would use their power to do that out of heart. You know what I mean? It's like, like you can talk through exactly what a person can do with that balance. It's just they're so – people are so heavy on feeling powerful. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. for me, it comes natural. For some reason, I don't have to do anything to, to give off my power. Like, silence. My silence is deadly for some reason. <laughs> and it makes people question their existence if I wanted to. And, and no, there's a way. If I add heart in there, then they could see discipline. Or they could see self, self-awareness. You know, something. Listen, and, and it goes beyond that, right? Because, like I said, for this company, right, I worked with them for like eight years, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it was a really, really like messed up like situation for me, right? Really, really messed me up. Mm-hmm. Now I went for the the year that my son was born, right, and then I had put my dog down. I was working for this pool company, right? Glengate, Glengate okay. Pools. Dan, I'm gonna shout him out to the day that I die, right? Like I, cause I love cleaning pools, but I work for this company. I went for the interview, right? And immediately, like, the, the vibe that I felt was a real family vibe. Like, between these two managers that were interviewing me and they were discussing, like, they would, you felt like the, 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 the really good connection between these guys, right? Right. I got the job and I loved it, you know. I mean, I'm going over there when um, my son was born. The company, I got home and it was a package in my house. It was um, an elephant. You know that that's played peekaboo and a blanket with his name embroidered on it. Like I've been with this company with y'all for like a month and a half. You know what I mean? Like, and you sent for my son. You, my, my, I'm a family man. So anything you, you you nice to my family, you win my heart, right? Like you know what I'm saying. So that's that's, that's yeah. step one, right? But well, the biggest thing I had with my supervisor one day I was again you know, my dog passed away. I was going through a lot personally, through a lot, a lot of depression. My marriage was going through was was going through it too. Like me and my wife were going through some things, and you know, I called out of work one day, and one of my supervisors questioned me like, "Why are you calling?" I was like, "Listen, honestly, man, I'm trying to save my marriage. Like, I, I don't know what I was like. I'm not gonna give you shit cold. Like, I'm not. I, I gotta stay home, right? Like, yeah, that's right. it. The next day, I went into work, and I noticed that my day was a little bit lighter than usual. Mm-hmm. But I didn't think nothing of it, whatever, you know, things change. I go do my shift. I call my boss. Hey, listen, I finished all my pulls. Like, do I got anything other work? He's like, nah, you can come to the office. So I got cool. I pull up to the office and his truck is there. Normally, there's nobody there at this time, but his truck is there. And I pulled up and he's like, you'll have a seat. Mm. I was like, all right, man. He said, listen, you know, I know what you said to the other guy, you know, about your marriage and stuff. And I'm not going to pry, man, but do you need to talk? Mm-hmm. And I was like, what is it? Do you need to talk? And I just unloaded, bro. I just unloaded. Like I just, you know, everything. And 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 and, and that's all it took. Yo, I will never work for another pool company if it's not for them. Like they've gained my love because of, like you said, because they managed the heart and the power part, right? And they blended that so well. I don't care what it is, what you know, what they need. I would, I would never do anything bad because of those little things and what they've done. And that's incredible, you know. Yeah. So, uh, I think that that ties in very, very keenly to to what you said in that. And and, and you know, I think like you saying going to the military and re- rebelling that last year was like that too. Like you know, really, you, you didn't see that that relation or for what you want to do with them you know so, yeah I mean, and the ultimate test the ultimate test for the balance of love give me a second 
Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. 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 The um, and the love and power balance, like it's such a hard balance to keep when for the individual are not going well. That's that's when it gets tricky. That's when it's like they they people end up choosing a side. Basically, they they you know they don't want to make no enemies, so they rely heavily on the love factor and the empathy. But you know, but it tends to make leadership look weak. You know what I mean? Especially when somebody's having an issue within their group. It's there's definitely a balance that people do show. It's sometimes I think they don't even see it. Like they take leadership skills and certain things, but it's applied through their own nature in a way that actually makes that balance so. And it's, most people don't, like some people, some leaders won't even understand what the hell I'm saying right now. They're like, I don't know what balance you're talking about, but yet they do everything right. Like the pool, the pool company, like it's like, you know, it sometimes it's really about sitting sense. down. Yep, yep. Yeah, oh yeah. No one is genuine. I, I remember, like, what, what, like I said, I, I'm like that with my with my reps, and I'm a very, again, people person, right? I want to see people succeed. I want to see people do well. And um, I had this one one rep that I was working with, and um, she wasn't doing well with her numbers and stuff. And I had a really good relationship with all everybody on my team, right? Very friendly, and um, understanding with them. And we're working on how to getting her numbers up. And um, she ended up failing, I guess, the test again, and the company had to let her go, right? So. So, so uh, the HR director was with her, and um, my man, my suit manager was in the room with her, getting ready to fire. And she breaks out, and the whole time she was like telling, him, "Like you need to go get Freddie. You need to go get. Yeah. Freddie. I need to talk to him right now. You need to go get." And it was, and it was like they they didn't know what to do. It's like, hey, they came to me. It's like Freddie, we don't like she. This is the first time we ever seen. It's like she she wants to talk to you. Like she's like hysterical. Like can you come and talk? And I'm like, all right, cool. So I walk in there and I'm like, hey, was she immediately gave me a hug? She's like, oh my god, like, I don't know. Like I know we tried so hard. I'm like, listen, I know, but listen, don't worry about it. Like listen, this is not the end. You know, you have your son, and we had a real heart. And it was, and they were looking at me like, wow. And I'm like, but that's the type of relationship you gotta have with people. Like if you're in management, that that's how to go. You have to understand your people and engage with them and really connect with them, right? Like because if not, yeah, it's it's in your benefit. It's in your benefit, right? Because I'm kind and I'm caring and going an extra mile for these people. Many of the times they'll be like, listen, Freddie, I don't give a damn about this job. I'm just doing my numbers because I don't want you to look bad. Like, I can get you, you know what I mean? Like, because I can't let you down. Because you develop that relationship, you have that manage the balance and the power like we've been talking about this whole time, right? And, and it goes so, so far. But yeah, so, so I mean, going on to that, so I mean, I guess, like you say, I mean, it's different situations, right? The military and how they how they did you with your grandmother and and that conversation with and you know we see it in all these places it's so crazy that's what i said but i love talking to people and i guess i find the right ones because i find so much in common and connecting it's been so amazing you know being sharing these these topics with you and, and, and speaking so well but um you know again when it comes to different things and like i said i know that your dad wasn't there and in the military i guess it wasn't that 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 figure of, of helping you or you know develop you into the person that you are or so who would you attribute that? Or did you have any male figures or anyone that you could rely on in teaching you the steps of becoming a better person or growing into the man that you are? No, um, absolutely not. Um, you know, my squad leader was okay. He just, you know, he had too many divorces. <laughs> but, um, but no, this, this, is, this, is, this is what, I, what, I, what it looks like as a person that did not seek mentorship. Wasn't available. It wasn't. It wasn't 
um, until, you know, 10, something like that, 10 or 11. Um, you know, my mom, my mom was always working, so she was gone a lot. You know, my grandma was my heart. That, that, was, that was pretty much my mom. And, you know, my grandpa was just always there. But honestly, he was, he was by the time I did not know what he was up to. So you say bring about your grandpa and I know what he was up to. And then when you mention your squad leader, which I find it very interesting because um, I was just kind of talking about this a couple of shows before, but you mentioned that he wasn't a good mentor because he had too many divorces. Right. Like, I mean, that was one of the things I think a man should be able to do is hold a relationship. <laughs> and and that, that's so crazy because as I, like I said to somebody else is that I find it so interesting that a lot of these guys who, you know, whether their dad wasn't in their picture or whether they were or whatever their relationship is that a lot of guys and, 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 and as much as women talk about like men don't want to get married, they say, hey, I look at so-and-so because they had such a great marriage. You know, my, my grandmother and grandfather, they've been together for 56 years, you know, that long, strong marriage. You know, you just mentioned like, oh, he wasn't a good role model because he had too many divorces. So at the end of the day, we're all seeking like love or that companionship and then really that that bond, which is crazy that it's it's a natural instinct that I'm starting to see as I'm having these conversations with people. No matter what they say about relationships or whatever, you know, we're or even if they talk about like, oh, I want to be with like 150 chicks or like I'm going to be doing like at the end of the day, they talk about relationships and marriages that last. Yeah. Right. And I find that so interesting. Because if, 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 if this point to the relationship, I had like a clear expiration on my relationship. For some reason, I've never been in a romantic relationship longer than two years. And it almost seemed like every single one was learning for, for the next one. You know, like the school material for the next one. And it just got to the point where I was like, keep getting more and more books on this subject and this, or information and it just keeps becoming to be more information and it's like I pretty much gave up if it comes Bro, around in some serious way don't sure. don't listen I promise you I promise you then this is probably the reason why we have this conversation part of this too don't give up right because then I, and I had that reaction because you said I haven't been in a relationship longer than two years I swear to, I promise you, one of my things that I said to myself, if I'm able to be with a girl for more than two years and still be interested, she's probably the one that I'm going to want to marry. When I got to my wife with about like the two year mark and I knew that I was still like trying and still wanting to be this and one, and I was like, this is the one. And then that's why I was like the two year mark. And I felt just like you, man. I went to this phase where it's like, you know, you're trying to find this love and you're giving your all into these relationships and you're talking about this and you're really wanting to be committed and you just continually to get played, you know, mm -hmm. but all of those things are very, very important lessons for you to carry on that will show up in your next relationship or things that you want to know. Like with my wife, this on our second date, you know, was one of the things that I knew that I was wanting to be with her because our second date, we went out somewhere, she paid the bill, Right. And that's never happened to me. But in my head, what I took that as was that she really wants to be here for me in my time. That she's willing to pay this meal and just was about the company. You know what I mean? Like that was really a trigger. Like it was because most chicks like, oh, you're not going to pay the bill. Like you're looking for a free meal. You know what I mean, like, and it's why should that be? Yeah, even it is like 
I sent my wife earlier this month, right? Like it, through like Instagram, it was like, oh, September is a take a man out on a date month or whatever, right? And uh, we went to open house last night for our daughter, right? Um, and after we got to the car and I'm thinking like, oh, we're going to go home. And she looked at me, she's like, you know, somebody said that it's taking me on a date month, you know, and I got two days left. So I'm taking you out to dinner. And we went out to, and I'm like, man, you know, but that's nothing because it's about my time and my company. She wanted to be here, right? You know, I had another girl that I was talking to. was like, hey, you know, come take the train. If you want to come see me, take the train, come see me. Like, I'll pick you up at the train station. I go, didn't want to do it. You know, my wife, when we started dating, you know, she was like, hey, my car broke down. In the back of my head, I was like, oh, she's not going to. She's like, she's not going to come. She's making excuses. Like, I know this story before. Like, da 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 She's like, yeah, my car broke down, but I'm getting dropped off at the train station. And I'm going to get driven up there. Would you mind picking me up at the train? And I'm like, what? Hell yeah. Like, and I, and those are the things that we have to go through, right? Because then we see, and, and so that when the person that is right for us, then we can tie it to these things. Like, man, I remember how this made me feel. I remember how that, so this, so bro, don't give up. Don't give up though. I want you to say that. Like, maybe this is the sign with like that, you know, go about doing what you're doing, but you'll see the signs. You have a lot of knowledge to find out when you see her, you'll know. And you'll know. Yeah. Yeah, I think you might've called me out right there. Cause I don't know. It's, there's one, and honestly, I'm trying. I was basically like almost forcing myself to be her friend, not because yeah. of who she was, because I was like, like, you know, maybe I should just not go straight to relationship. You know what I mean? Like, finally, a cool girl that likes the science. Um, I'm just gonna be a friend, and whatever from there. You know what I mean? It's been four years, and I'm basically going to help. And a sister designed a vegetable garden. Like, I'm in Las Vegas. I'm basically going to go to Florida. You feel me? Like, it's like, I would do that. Like, it's the things we got to do. You know, so that, that that's a, yeah, listen. I'm with my wife. So, let, no, 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 listen, 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 listen. With my wife, right? And everybody jokes about this. Well, they, 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 they get, get on me, but I did not make a move. I did not kiss her. And we went on dates and everything for four months. Mm-hmm. It was literally to the point where she was saying, she was like, man, like I was at this point where like, if this guy doesn't kiss me, like, I don't know where we are just cause I don't know if he likes me, if he wants to be. But because I was so cautious in myself, like I was like, I don't want to rush this. I know how I did these things in the past and I wanted to make sure this is legit. And I was still kind of like procrastinating and testing the walls and kind of fearful because it was even more intimidating because I'm like, man, like she seems so perfect. Like if this goes wrong, like she will destroy me. Right. Like, and I can't give nobody that power, but the more I try to fight it, the more I couldn't help it. Right. I just had to succumb to it. Right. And you know, we got two kids now we have been married. We got married in 2012. Right. You know what I'm saying? And it's been beautiful. And we continue to grow, but like if that, that don't give up. If Maybe she might be the one, you know what I mean? But allow yourself to get out there, right? Like, you know, that's one of the things that I I continue to do. And, and if I didn't continue to allow myself to get hurt, I don't think I would have never found her, right? Because I went through a phase where I was really like to a point where I just didn't want to have a relationship. I was really like in that. It's all about one thing, right? You know what I mean? Like, I'm not interested in nothing else because I don't want nobody to hurt me. But you got to allow yourself to go out there because that, for me, man, I, I couldn't be happier. Yeah, I mean, I want the same for for anyone. Like I said, we have a lot in common. It's so crazy that a lot of these things are kind of looking at these these numbers and and stuff. That hey, man, this this might have been it, man. But um, Gemini too. No, my wife, she's an Aries. Oh, 
She's April 2nd. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay, so you know what? Just because I don't know, she, she, I think she might be seeing, but now I need you to elaborate. What do you have on Aries? If you got Gemini like that, please elaborate on the Aries for me, sir. Oh, it's, it's more so about, you know, the elemental combination of Um, You know, because it can, it can, it can, it can either burn down the house or, or or set off the heat of passion. But most of the time, I think I, I'm just going to take a wild guess and say you're the one that has to get things started up for whatever it may be. She has to make sure that she feels powerful and happy about being powerful. It's joy. Joy is what she's probably most focused on. And anything that gets in the way is joy. I think that's when you see her protective side. <laughs> a girl you can't make happy you can't make unhappy you don't want to be the person to make her unhappy no <laughs> <laughs> okay wow. as long as you know but no okay. big heart big heart um really mentally uh active that's what i like about him because i have like a really high mental energy thing going um but you know powerful that's what they're about and they center a spotlight yeah, no, no, that's what one thing that, that really drew me to her was her powerful presence. Like I said, she's very, very independent and in control of herself. Like, you know, so uh, that's when I looked at her and I said, you know what, I'm, I want my kids to have that characteristic. I want those characters. And like we were saying, like the, the um, they mentioned in the last episode too, but like Denzel said, you know, when you when you find a woman, remember her beauty will not raise your children. Her brains will. You know, right. and then and my wife's mentality when we are, we're like on the same page. We have these great kind. Of, we really work as as different as we are. We're able to work together and talk to our differences because we also work so well. We know that we really complete each other, right? She has a lot of pieces that I don't have that I wanted for my kids, and vice versa. You know, like for yeah. me, like 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 that. She's very direct and like very confident about herself. You know, but I have an exuberant amount of patience. You know, so it's like the 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 the, the yin and yang again. Power, you know, is it's coming right back that to that again. The balance, right? It seems um, like it has to, it has to uh, almost almost resist. Like there has to be the conflict of the difference in order for it to act like that. Yeah, like it's like somebody that's like you. It, it might not be the best thing. It's, it's I like the opposite. No, I do. And it's so crazy. Like you're saying that too, because when, a lot of times that when, when, and when this happens to us constantly, that when we get into an argument or into these like these things and stuff, we're ultimately fighting for the exact same thing, right? Like we want the same outcome, but we're just sitting here like still like at having difficulty finding the way to get to that outcome. I guess the problem, which is, you know what I mean? Like that, that's, I guess that's another part of that conversation that at least we know we're fighting for the same thing, you know, and getting to the same thing, but it's, you know, it's not a matter of like we both we're both agreeing, but we're still like we're still arguing, right? Which is it's just that's you know, you, but it bro. works out for us. <laughs> that might be <laughs> no, just ask, hold mean, on, don't, don't say that too loud. Don't say that too loud. She might like hold on, no, no, no. <laughs> questions, man. Like they 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 rather you ask questions because they get that spotlight effect, you know. But at the same time, you're getting them thinking. That's all that's the most important. They might get passionate and start yelling about it, but it's not bad. I no, don't know. I, mean, I, I, took, I took 
okay, astrology is, is important to me because I would have never came to understand how people behave if it wasn't for that. Horoscopes scare the shit out of me. I don't mess with them. It's, it's, about, it's about the way the universe moves that's lined up with certain people. We're pretty, there's only, there's pretty much only 24 people in the world. There's 12 baseline, you know, signs, symbols, but then there are people in between those symbols that make up both sides of that, those two signs. You know, and so it's, it's almost like generalizing people on a universal level. So, you know, I, I mean, I can, I can look at a person's fingernails and tell if they're a freaking a Gemini or a Taurus just by the way their fingernails look, based off whatever Indian learning I learned over the years. Like, all these things connect in a certain way, and I wouldn't be surprised if one of your kids was an Earth, like a Taurus, Virgo, or a Capricorn. <laughs> Not all of them. Because like, y'all need to be grounded. That's my my son, my son... He's April twenty third. Okay, so he's a Taurus. <laughs> my son, yeah, he's yeah. he's April twenty third. He's a Taurus, and my daughter is November twenty first. See there, so she's a half Scorpion. Half okay, so you yeah, you're good. You're good. You're set. Your kids will keep you in line. Those are some powerful, and those are the ones in the middle that I was telling you about. The ones that aren't baseline, they take up two halves of, of, two, of separate signs, you know, mm-hmm. the Aries and Aries are obviously conflicting, but then you got the, the Scorpio in the water and the Sagittarius in fire, which is what I can relate to more. Um, it, it's interesting. It's, I know you're, you're it's, it's a very interdynamic in this household, but I love it. I love it. Everybody's very, very unique. Like every, like my daughter's personality is completely unique. My son is completely different from her. He's very, very unique. Um, you know, so it, it's, it's, um, very interesting parenting, right? Like as a dad, um, you know, I, like I like I said, been in my been like my dad was in my house, right? He was home, but it wasn't the the type to go outside and play cash. He had to ride a bike or go to my you know, wasn't there. He was a provider, right? That was his role. And I think that's kind of damn. I just I just I just did hit something on myself, right? Like I think that's why myself, right? Like one of my biggest things is being a provider, right? Like having to pay the bills with a family. And so when I lost my job, like you know, six years ago when I was out. I went through some intense depression because I didn't feel like a provider. And now that I'm seeing it now, my dad, well, that's all he was. He was a provider, right? So that's what I learned from him. And and shit, okay, well, damn. All right, later uncovered, right? <laughs> Achievement unlocked, let's just... <laughs> um, you know, so, so, but, but then the, the, well, the other part that, like I said, that, you know, what that, you what I wanted, right? So with my kids, like I'm, I'm, I'm a stay-at-home dad. That's so like I do my podcast, I do all these things. I try to find a job or find something that allows me to control my time as much as possible. Cause I don't want my kids to be like, Oh, my dad wasn't at my graduation or he didn't come to my concert choir class or who wasn't at my baseball game or he didn't take me. That's not going to happen with me, you know, because I know what that felt like for me and I don't want them to feel that. So I think that's, that's to unfold how that helped me evolve. Right. Like seeing my dad as ultimately that just being a provider, you know, provider and a protector, um, you know, and, 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 not wanting my kids to feel like I wasn't there. Like my kids get tired of me. They see me every 
all day, all day. And I tell my kids a thousand times a day how much I love them, you know, because I need them to hear that because of what that was like for me um, and, and growing up. So it was, oh, man, man. I love this conversation, man. Just, just helping me realizing how, how these things are going, man. So, um, you know, and, and I was always winding down here. Um, I want to take a take up like too much more time, but we'll definitely love to have you back for another episode. And and, and maybe I will talk to you about another part that I got going on because I really, really intrigued and love how your mind works, bro. So, um, we'll definitely yeah. link up. But um, so that's what you before, right? As we wind it down, right? So with everything that you've been through, you sound very worldly traveled, right? Through your time in the military and everything that you're going through on this journey and finding yourself. Um, what do you think has been the best piece of advice that you have been given on your journey so far? The best piece of advice that I could think of. This actually came, he's dead, he's not alive or anything, but there's a man named Alan Watts. And he seems to see things kind of how I, my, my, my head processes things. And there was something that he said about belonging. Basically, because everything works in such, you know, exponential levels, you know, you got, you know, you got the individuals, you got the group, you got the world, the solar system, you know, the galaxy, you know, you have this escalation of destination. And it's for people that don't feel like they belong, it's, it's, it comes down to we already belong where we're supposed to be. It's the fact that we're here, like, I can't belong anywhere else except on this podcast right now. Like that, you know, because that's part of being present. You know what I mean? It's the reason why people don't feel like they belong generally is, is because they can't find that similarity. But it's, we're already supposed to be there. That's the similarity. And so that, that's kind of that helped me not be such a toxic introvert and actually know how to change skins without changing my heart. And it's like that belonging, being, feeling accepted, all those, that shit is important. I, I'm just, I'm just learning it for the first time. You know what I mean? Like it never was a thing in my life. I never had to belong anywhere. Um, I was always moving, you know, so. I think that's like so what it is, is that people, it's in our nature, right, to find a herd, right, or find a group, or find a clique. Like we, we, it, it's instantly you gravitate to that, right? So it was like a perfect example. It's like you know when you know you're you're in your hometown, right? You know you see somebody in the stream, like oh, you hear somebody talking, like oh, you grew up on on West Ave. I grew up on West Ave. Like oh, snap, like you know, and you you gain that kind of you instantly bond over that, right? And they even go to a larger state, right? Like you can go to somewhere and let's say you're out in, in Disney World in Florida and you're with your family and then you run to somebody and be like, oh, you know, I'm back from, you know, Norwalk, Connecticut. And be like, oh, really? I'm from Stanford, Connecticut. We're both from Connecticut. And you find that bond, right? Even if you go to like, again, the different country, you're from you, I'm from you, you, you instantly gravitate because you want to feel a sense of connection, of belonging, a bond, right? Like we are naturally group like that, right? Like you see like the, 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 and, just hit me now. So like thinking about these major probably New York is a Mecca and California and Miami and 
everybody wants to go to because there's so much going on. There's so many groups of people there because you feel a sense of needing to belong, right? And I think that what goes on to that, like you said, that with belonging, and I think the other part to that is, like you said, being present, like really being now, right? Like, and in the moment, you can't be anywhere else but where you are, right? Like, nothing can ever be taken from you in the universe, right? Because you are where you need to be at all times. You know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't work like that. You can't be two places at once, which I love how you said that. So uh, I think that's key. I'm bringing that up. But it's something that I work with my daughter about like being present. Like, I don't know if you've seen the uh, the, the Michael Jordan documentary um, uh, that uh, I was called now, man, but it was the one with Michael Jordan and stuff. But they talked, there was an episode they talked about Kobe, right? And what they were saying is that the greatest ability or the greatest superpower that made Kobe and Michael Jordan so great, so wonderful was because they knew how to be in the moment, right? Their mind was never... Again, like perfect example. Have you seen that champ? Like, you know, they're interviewing Kobe, right? And they're like, hey, Kobe, your team's up two up. Like, why aren't you happy? It's like, well, four. The job's not finished. Like, what am I celebrating for? Like, I'm not going to celebrate something that's so early. I'm in the moment right now. Right now, we are two nothing, right? We didn't win the championship. We're nothing. There's still more games to play, you know, but I need to be right here in the moment, right? Like, when he's up there taking a shot, he's not thinking, like, oh, what if I miss this shot? Or what if, like, I'm taking a shot right now? It's kind of going, I got to put everything I got because this might be the game, you know? I'm in the moment, you know, yeah. and it's so hard now with all of us, like with, with, with our cell phone, with the social media, stuff like that, to take ourselves present. Like we could be in the room with our family having dinner, but we take ourselves out to look at what this person posted, right? We're not in the moment where everybody's involved right now. All right. So we're, we're choosing not to be there or, you know, you're, you're sitting there with your kid and the TV turns on and, you know, they're looking like we're not in the moment. Like I someone once to my daughter, like these things are not important. I mean, we're in the car. Let's talk. Let's look out the window. Let's appreciate nature. Let's talk about what is happening right now. Now, what happened before? What's going to happen tomorrow? Right now. And yeah. that's where we find happiness, right? Because I tell them, if you're looking in the past, you're going to find depression. If you're looking in the future, you're going to find anxiety. Be right here, right now. That's the way it is. That's, that's the way. That's the way. That's the pattern. Like it's like it doesn't even matter what what part of the past. How happy it was. How sad it was, it doesn't even fucking matter. It's like going back, if you aren't using that stuff to actually make the moment better, then it's, it's not going to serve any good. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's about the moment. It's like, how can this moment exercise better by using the future thought? You know what I mean? Ambition, basically, right? Desires and stuff. So, like, it's like, we can use it, but we can't get trapped in those different times. Honestly, in the moment all the time. That's you see Michael Jordan and Kobe. They they were you know, I'm just gonna simplify it and they say that they were called ball ball hogs. You know, like they didn't do the teamwork thing well. And it's like, well, it's because their frame of mind was engaged with the full moment. You know what I mean? And yeah, that's that's what it takes to be the best in the now. But I think if both of them had a future mindset along with it, then they would actually probably evolve. You know what I mean? Like, they wouldn't feel the need to cheat on their wife or to gamble or whatever the hell they do. You know what I mean? Like, they, they feel that barrier, and then fear is a red flag on there, on that barrier. So fear is how you know an obstacle comes. You're like, that, that's what I take it as. Like, when you're afraid, that means there's a wall there and it's time to crush it. Mm-hmm. Because it's stopping you for a reason. Because there's, there's treasure, there's this strength of treasure 
the other side of that wall. Is he, I mean, call it white, whatever it is, but there's something over there, and I'm going to get it. Will Smith <laughs> said it best. He said the best things in life are located on the other side of fear. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, go. that is amazing. Like, which is true, right? Like, and again, again, fear is not meant to stop you. It's meant to protect you, right? To get you ready, right? So, like, hey, this is the, this road is it's gonna be rough. It's gonna be a lot to go through. You're gonna have to encounter a lot of things, but let's be prepared, right? Like, not to turn around, but just be ready. Just be ready. And that's it, right? I mean, we need to to be cool with that. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's being cool with it. That's the key. Being so cool with awesome. it. So, so lastly, then, and, and and again, I'll end this off here. So, with everything that you've gone through, right, and the thing that you've experienced, and like you said, uh, growing up with your dad, you know, looking at these kids growing up, or anybody that's watching this, you know, what is one piece of advice that you want to give them that would help them in their journey? Huh. I think, um, as far as the younger, the younger next generation goes, um, I really do think that they. They have to know how they actually feel. They they need not take feelings from others and relate to them right away. You know what I mean? Like not having the experience that that person's sharing with them, they tend to take it on. You know what I mean? I mean, our people freaking took racism so freaking far away from actual racism that it. it to me, it doesn't look like it anymore, but it's like they're still holding something that somebody gave them, you know, a burden, you know what I mean? So it's like, try not to burden, uh, burden yourself holding these programs, these conditions, you know, because ultimately, once we let go of the things that we were taught, we can actually teach ourselves, things, you know what I mean, half the time without even really learning. So, you know, like, I talk when you know when I finally saw the truth, you know that that day, um, it, it, it was it was like all the things that were a lie that I didn't even notice. I was I was able to see how much of a lie it was almost immediately. So it's the more you play around internally, the more these things unlock. Yeah, so no. let go of the conditioning. Let it go. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's true, right? Like, yeah, you know, I think it goes back to like what you said earlier, which is amazing to do, right? How you canceled out your previous morals or what you were taught to create something new. And 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 we all need to do that, right? Our parents do their best to teach us what they know, right? They can't teach us what they don't know. Right. You know, so we go out in the world with now that they provide us and seek additional information right how to improve or how to develop that right but we also have to like you said develop that self-awareness to understand that you know just because mom and dad did this for x many amount of years doesn't mean that this is going to continue to be the right way going forward right like yeah. i understand what their morals or what their biases are but this is a different way of doing that let me adjust it to this way and still kind of like we've been saying right adapting keeping our insides the same but changing the frame right changing the skin and adapting to the situation Right. So we need to learn that and be able to grow and, and not be afraid to to question it. Right. Like I want my daughter to, and I, I teach my my daughter to, to have a voice for herself. I want you to speak mm -hmm. up, say what you do. And if I do something wrong, I want to make sure that I apologize. Right. Because I want her to have that power to understand that she's able to grow and understand and be able to question me sometimes. Right. I don't know all the answers. I'm not 
perfect. There's no guide in raising kids. And like I said, even if there was, you're different from every other kid in this world. You know, yeah. so if anything parenting correctly, parenting incorrectly. You know what I mean? Like it's almost like if it if it doesn't look different than what you're used to I mean let me make sure this is order right. Yeah, if it doesn't look if it if it looks the same as what you can see with the world, it's probably not the right way. You know what I mean? Like it's it's like it's you have to we have to find our own way. I've seen that be a lot more fruitful in the end is when, you know, you, you not have constantly having parents um, exert their power over their kids. I know you know what I'm talking about. Like, it's like you see them out there and they're basically like cursing at their kids, basically. Do as I say. You know, like, yeah, basically. And, and, you know, those kids are the ones that probably end up shooting up stuff and all that because you know, that's the only way to interact with a child or anybody insignificant or lower is to yell at them, you know, and it doesn't even have to be a kid. It could be somebody that that person thinks is lower. That person's lower, I'm going to treat them like a child, and then it just goes on and on until it escalates and blows up. <laughs> just like you know, I think it is not how you say that, right? and as we're closing out, and I'm thinking of this, is that I what happens to a lot of us, right? And in those situations, when you're trying to, when you're a child, right? And I think this happened to me a lot, right? When I'm trying to grow up and trying to speak my mind, right? Or express myself or, you know, let people know how I'm feeling, I'm immediately shut down, right? Like, don't say nothing. It's not, I don't care what you're feeling with it. It's what I say instead of whatever. So you're constantly forcing me to, hold on to my emotions right not deal with them suppress them bottle them up and all that stuff and like you said about these school shootings all these, these kids because they're being forced to not have voice shut down be quiet like and and, and and what happens is like like i love jason wilson's terms when he talks about emotional incarceration right you have all these things going up and we all know that the analogy about the soda bottle and all this stuff you can only take so much right and what happens is you don't know when it's going to happen what's going to happen when it does but eventually you will erupt and all those emotions and feelings and happy, sad, angry, fresh comes out at once in ways that are so toxic and dangerous to anyone within your vicinity that it, it, it's scary, right? Like, and then that's part of, like I said, like I don't want my wife to see me explode because I know I post that on stuff and I don't want to damage that because I didn't deal with these emotions. I'm telling you, it's like, I used to be a hurricane. Like, when that feeling would come, because I just thought, like, I compartmentalized like a champ. Like, I, I understood it way too well for a very long time. And it was like, just, it, it has to come out. It has <laughs> to. I didn't, I didn't know that part. <laughs> it has to. It has to. And if we don't. If we don't like control on how it comes out and learn how to go back, because that, that's that's what I do, and, and sometimes is that I, I something happens, right, and I feel this negative emotion, right, or I feel this negativity and stuff that I immediately suppress, and I'm like, all right, I need you to hold on to this, go back to your safe place, and then try to unpack this, and then deal with it then, right. But then what happens is, is that sometimes that, you know, life, well, life happens, right? And then you forget to go back to your safe place and unpack this stuff 
NSA things. And that's when these things start to accumulate, right? You know, or then sometimes things happen before you even get to deal with that. And it's a constant backlog. It's a constant backlog of things that you're trying to deal with. And like, I know that sometimes have to happen with my wife. Like we, 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 something happens, right? And I'm trying to deal with it. And I don't finally process it because I keep bringing up these negative emotions. I can't separate it yet, right? And then something else happens. And then I'm like, yeah, well, this happened. And then like two weeks ago, remember when you did this, 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 And she's like, well, why don't you tell me then? Because I couldn't deal with it then. Like, I didn't feel like, so you've been dealing with this whole note for two weeks. And I'm thinking that everything is cool. And you haven't unpacked this. And I'm like, I got busy with life. Like, you know what I mean? But we need to do that because again, you know, then that happens, right? I turn around and snapping at her or doing something or taking something out on her that's been built up, that's been building up that I didn't deal with in an appropriate time and in a manner. And that, that and that's why I, I always call loneliness and being alone two different things. Um, cause like I know both very well, being an introvert, but there's something energetic about being alone. Um, if you don't have the depression of loneliness tied to it, it'd be liberating. Um, it's, it's for some reason the things in there is so much more clear when there's not people static people around, you know, like, you know, people that actually already integrated themselves in, but we don't know how to make space for this without it. You know what I mean? It's, we, I, it, it has to be a lot of space making for the mind because there's so many things that go with it. And I, I that's, that's the strongest thing that I've used is like, like how I, how this thing fires stuff off. It may be weird. It may be rewired to a certain level, but there's actually emotional activity happening in there that wasn't happening before. So there is a neural reprogramming thing that's possible. It's just there's just no book on it for the whole of people. It's just, it's really about people's nature. Mm-hmm. You being a oriented person, you talking to people, that that kind of thing, those things will probably empower you. And being alone will probably end up making you feel like a little bit more drabby. Like just, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's certain natures have to go by a certain way. Somebody like me that that lives in stillness now and almost forces himself to, I have to force myself to get up and walk just to do it. You know, just to make sure I do it. Maybe I'll do a video talking about, you know, materialism or something like that while I'm at it, but believe, like, I'm going to find an, an, an airy way of getting these feelings to run through, which is movement. You know, each element has their own way of handling things. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, air people just need, air people, like, Aquarius, Gemini's, and women, they need to be doing something. They need to be doing something because of the, the, the quick mind. You know what I mean? And so... Everybody has their own way of doing it. Yeah. Just- no, that's what I said too. Like I, 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 I keep myself constantly busy, constantly mm-hmm. busy. Like I, I don't really take a lot of time. Like again, I wake up in the morning super early. I'm getting the kids ready for school. Then I start my shift for work, and I'm doing. And even when I'm doing my shift to work, sometimes like I'm doing, you know, com- sending out invoices for my t-shirt business. You know what I mean? Like you're doing this, or like you know, sending an email for somebody from a podcast or doing. That, you know what I mean? And and it's just constantly doing something. However, right? 
what I do enjoy, like I said, like you know, like right now, like when everybody goes to bed and go to sleep sometimes and take this more for myself, or I'll stay in the shower for like an hour and so it's just myself, it's just me. You know, when all the noise is down and I need to learn to um take care of myself because I wasn't doing that before. I'm always like my, my wife was the one who forced me to do that, right? Like I'm spreading myself super thin and helping out and people call me up and I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going, you know what I mean? To so the point where I was literally burnt out all the time. And I'm and in, 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 in the background, I'm like, why am I always so burnt out? Like, I don't understand. Like, I don't have, you know, because I, I'm thinking that I'm doing that stuff for me, but I'm not. I'm really not. Like, I'm not. None of that is for me. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, none of it was for me. I thought it was. I trained myself to do that, but none of it was for me. You know, but yeah. she helped me realize that. And I know my piece. Like, you know what? That there's, I know what I need. I learned where to set my limitations and not to overextend myself because now I have other people relying on me that really need me. And I need to be at my full self as much as possible. So, I'm to be selfish. Yeah. I really learn. See, that's that's my toxic. My toxic trait as a Scorpio is selfish. And like, there wasn't a family member that didn't call me selfish when I was young. I don't know why. I was the firstborn. I didn't know how to be. So they just called me that. And um, and I realized that they were wrong. That. I was supposed to be selfish, just not as a child. Like, I, I have to be more selfish now more than ever. And it's like, stay in the shower an extra hour or two or whatever. Like, just that low frequency of water falling will bring down everything. You know, water is very powerful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's, it's the source. Like, it's, just, it's basically the source. So it's, it's just a matter of nature, you know. Um, you know, uh, being content, you know, being content with who we are, I haven't seen much of that. Like, people just aren't happy with themselves, and it's, and, and it's, I just wish I could do things about it. You know what I mean? But we're just stuck with Facebook and podcast issues for now until something changes. <laughs> yeah, you know <laughs> what it is. It's, it's, and, I, and, you know, it, we got to use to our advantage, right? Like, as we see, if, if there's a pros and cons, right? If you're not using it for good, it's being used for evil, right? You yeah. know, we can see that too, that it's, it's, it's just as easily being able to to pump, um, you know, these senses of what, what, we, what we call beauty or what, what is supposed to be like cool or what is supposed to be the norm, you know, and, and all those things. And so, you know, if there aren't people who are trying to, and and we know it, right? Like negativity always is gonna spread a lot faster than positivity. But the more people that we have that are trying to do positive things, like me and my, like myself and you, you know, spreading that word and having these conversations and and really just doing these these collaborations, right? Because that's what I wanted to become, you know. As, as as I talk with you more and more, you know, I, I, like I said, I have another thing that I want to do, like with Fab Fab, where just about guys getting together and talking about different things. And I know that. With, with what you've gone through in your time, I have another friend of mine, uh, Dominique Lewis. He's also bit was in the Air Force and had some time there too, and, and went to the things. And I think we would have a great group conversation that that that, that would go on about whatever, right? And just whatever topic that comes on and really create a um that free space to to be able to talk, right? Because like you said, I know like out there in 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 Nevada, and you see these guys walking around, right? aimlessly or even just in general or just you know seeing your friends or social media people just being aimless because i think the the number one reason is they don't know that they can talk to somebody 
right? They don't know that it's okay to do that, right? If it's been shunned for so long that you need to yep. deal with this and man up and talk about it by yourself. But no, dude, like, as we see, look, we have, I've never met you a day in my life and look how much we have in common. And we were able to yep. discover that within like an hour, hour and a half. You know, we're not different from anybody else, you know? Not that far. Like, I like to think we're complex as people, but, you know, we have a lot of layers of the same stuff. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's yeah. Really cool. well, you know what it is, is it, it, when it comes to this is that, um, and we, we, we keep trying to wrap it up, we keep going down these different topics, but you know, it's all great, right? Like, as long as you're cool with it, I'm cool with it, right? But I, I say this all the time, right? Like, me and my sister, right? We grew up in a house, people love drinking, it's parties all the time, like, you know, families and get together, like getting drunk and stuff like that, seeing the exact same thing in the exact same household, right? Now, Fast forward to us as adults, right? And again, not downplaying anything like that. My sister likes to drink. They go out, drink on the weekends, eat beers, Friday, Saturday nights, have a good time. That's how they unwind because that's what we saw growing up, right? And and then that's that. And again, no no shame in whatever, you know what I mean? Like, no shame in that. Me on the other side, right? Growing up and seeing that, I don't like to drink. I associate, like, I remember, like, the, the, the drinking leading to the negatives, the fights, you know, like the knives being pulled out, people getting punched in the face, you know, the bottles being busted on people's heads, you know, me me being in my room, holding the door, hoping nobody come up here. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's what it is for me, you know. And even though we grew up in the exact same, we processes those things completely different, right? So, you know, like that that's 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 where I think where it comes to complexity. Like, even though, like, again, we can have 10 people go through the exact same scenario and each one of them are going to relate to that different, that situation completely different. Right, but we, as long as we have those comments, like you said, we we can talk, we learn from each other, right? We can explain and have a better understanding and kind of relate. And again, ultimately, again, realize that we're really not that different, you know. And that's what like I said. I want to sit down and talk with this guy and really let them know, like, hey guys, we we got to go out there. Like when I was going through that depression and so stuff, that that year my son was born at the pool company and everything. I, what what really was my saving grace, man, was a friend of mine. You know, we, we weren't really like all oh, that real, real tight growing up in high school and stuff like that or anything, but we were cool and acquaintance and stuff like, you know, um, reached out to me and I was like, yeah, I just need to, I was like, I told him like, I'm going through, I'm depressed. And he's like, yeah, man, I'm, I've been battling depression too for some, where? Like, why? Well, you're working, you're fam- me too. Like, man, and, and when your wife says, it, it got so bad. Like, I, 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 I was, I was talking to him so bad that, like, again, me and my wife, she's like, "Who are you texting all the time? Like, we're together and you're on your phone, like, because it was my, my, my escape. Like, I'm like, yo, he, I'm talking to a guy who's going through something. I'm going through, like, I've never seen, and I'm having, and we're able to relate, and it's helping me realize that it is, it's not just me. It's not a bad thing, and I can, and and it, and it helped, but it was just that being able to have a conversation with somebody just say hey what's going on and that's all it took like even my, like i wouldn't text him and he knew that i was going through, something, going through some depression if i didn't if he didn't hear from me for like a day or two hey how you doing man you all right you good yep. yeah man i'm good i'm just going through the you know what i mean and just be able to and that's all it took hey are you okay you know, I mean, he, I, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't give me no answers. He didn't give me the magic bullet. He didn't say this is the how it's going to resolve your problems. All he said was, "How you doing?" and listened, and that was it. And it meant the world. Man, I don't know if I could do that. Like, be the person that somebody comes to just to find out how they're doing. I don't know. It's, I don't know. This. It's got to be a whole process for me, but. But it's 
that is that is the most wholesome way of the interaction is you know just hearing inside like asking about what's in there that's that's really what it's about yeah, like no, even no. It's, just, it's that like I mean, guys just want to know that, that they're safe. Like, I, and 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 I kind of like experienced that with, with my brother-in-law, right? Like he was living with us for for a very long time, and there was times that he'd be out with his friends and be mad late, right? And me as a parent, like when I was coming home late, too, I know what that's like. I didn't want my mom yelling at me or being in my throat because it wasn't gonna make me want to come home any sooner, right? Like any of that stuff. But what I started doing was like, you know, he was out, and I didn't say anything. I would just shoot him a text. I'm like, hey, you good? And he's like, hey, yeah, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I'm with so and so. I'm staying over at what's the name's house, and this, that, there. Cool. Didn't say anything. Lived it at that, you know. And I just kept doing that for a while. So it got to the point where, you know, we, he'd be out late, and I didn't. It'd be like one o'clock. I wouldn't even test my phone. I get a message from like, hey, Fred. Hey, listen, I'm, I'm out. I'm okay. I'm with so and so. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm gonna stay here, and that's it. You know. But all it just took was, you good? Like, you know what I mean? You know, it doesn't take much to 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 get anything in a conversation. You know, if you just Pull yourself out there and let people know that you're willing to listen and that you actually care. You don't need to solve any problem, you know. Because yeah. I know when people like if somebody were to ask me that, like if I'm good, I'm going to have I'm going to have a speech. Like there's going to be a speech. There's not one. I can't just say I'm fine. You know what I mean? I'm. Not, I don't think anybody's ever fine. It's, I just, I'm definitely not going to be the one to say I'm fine. There's always something going on inside me. <laughs> we want to convince ourselves, right, to, to that, right? Like, it's a law of attraction. You just want to, you just want everything to be fine that you just say it's fine, right? Like, it, make it so you make it, right? Like they say, um, you know, and, 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 and I used to have a saying, right, that I, that I tell people, right? Like, I don't tell nobody my problems because 80% of the people don't care and the other 20% happy you having them. Yeah, basically. <laughs> You know, but, but a hundred possibly relate to it and learn something about me. Like it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, like, just take a moment, listen. With it still, it's, it's weird. We'll figure this out. We'll definitely figure out what's going on with the world. Because honestly, more more people need to do more talking. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um, and find some fundamentals. <laughs> yeah, man, just just talk, just hear each other out. Like ultimately, to like I said, part of like I said, like we we all want to be part of a group. We all want to be connected, and part of that also comes with like we all also want to be heard, right? Like if we have something that's going on, we're going through something or whatever, we just want to be heard, right? And, like so, it doesn't mean again, like I said, you don't have to have the answers. You don't have to solve my problems. I just need to. All this stuff that I'm dealing with, I need to get off my chest. I, I can't carry it. I don't want to carry it. I don't need to carry it. You know, I want it out there, and I can see it and deal with it now that it's out there. But keeping it here is damaging. I, I yeah. this quote that I came in this year, which I loved, is they say, um, you know, you could either say something and fuck everything up, or say nothing and fuck yourself up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I refuse to keep fucking myself up. Yeah, yeah, and then you see like. In, inside, there can't be that many realities playing at once. Out there, you can have a million different realities playing at once, and nothing seems to be too unbalanced. Like, yeah, like put that shit out there, because ultimately, it's gonna the universe ends up filtering and recycling that mess and the other things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that, you know what? That's a beautiful way of saying it, right? Yeah, it's just hitting walls on the inside of us. And it's, 
never any good. It's real tight in there. It's like it's tight and restricted in there. It's like none of that stuff has any room to move. It's, it's got to move out there, man. Yeah, we can't hold it anymore. No, absolutely not, man. As we've seen, it's, just, it's so toxic, so damaging, everything's going on. So, you know, again, I, I really, really enjoyed talking to you, man. This has been absolutely amazing, man. Thank you so much for spending the time to speak with me um, and sharing yeah. your insight and being open. You know, I, 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 for sure, this is not going to be the last time. You know, definitely want to continue to keep us in contact and talk about other things, Um, you know, and, yeah. and, and anything that you're going through, man. Aside from this, like I said, if you ever need somebody to talk to or listen, yeah, your big brother's here, bro. Like, I'll listen to anybody. We can chop it up and just, 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 you know, whatever you need, man. Yeah, like, this this has been great because I, I don't do psychiatrists and psychologists. I don't, I don't, they don't, they can't get in there. And so it's like, it has to be more, or excuse me, less authority and more mutual. And it's, so it, it almost seems like podcasting is, it's, it's, a, it's a means of therapeutic. Yeah, yo, bro. Listen, and and you know, like me and my best friend Mitch, like I was seeing the other day, like we're always like, like yo, we're gonna finish the conversation, and we like thirty minutes later, we're still going on, man. This has been absolutely amazing, but like, um, man, well, like when I was young, right, I, I I wanted to always wanted to help people, like I was always so intrigued and and everything, and and psychology was always one of my things that I wanted to get into. Never really got into as much as I wanted to, but I, as I over the years I've come to realize, um, and, I, and I'm gonna get comfortable saying this that I actually have a gift, right? And I need to be comfortable saying that, right? Because I have a problem with like speaking about myself, but I do, I, I do have a gift, right? Like I, and I've seen this time and time again, so many people that I just meet, and I'm able to connect and just have a genuine and, and really like again, like uh, anybody seeing this episode would think we've known each other for 40, 50 years, maybe, you know what I mean? But we haven't, but I, I know that I have that gift and, and I, I love, and I'm actually thinking about wanting to go back into school for psychology for actually emotional and behavioral psychology. And I think this conversation has helped me make that decision, but I don't, I, like I said, I, my style is different. Like it's not about crushing people because I never want to do that. I want to really create a space. For, and let's just talk, man. Maybe we can connect the dots. As you've seen, I, hopefully I've helped you discover some things about yourself. I know you've helped me discover some things about myself in this past time. So it's been mutually beneficial for the both of us. Right. Like I, I, I don't know what to expect when I sit down to have these conversations with anyone, but I'm always so intrigued and enlightened at the end, just how much we have in common, how we're able to connect and how things go. So it's been an absolute honor. So I really and I, Antoine, thank you so much for sharing your stories and everything, man. And I hope to see you again. I'll probably be on the East Coast with you. You're on the East Coast, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm in Connecticut, man. Like I said, I'm up in Connecticut, so. I was in Groton when I was really young. Um, but yeah, I'll be, I'll be over there. So definitely, like, we can definitely do this again. I'm, I'm not, I'm gonna be even closer. So <laughs> within the next month. Hey, absolutely, man. Listen, man, the door's always open here, man. So listen, like I said, we'll definitely be in touch. Thank you so much for sharing your stories and talking with me. And as always, everybody, like I always say, man, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, your big brother loves you, everybody, man. Stay blessed. I'll talk to you.